Welcome to the fifth episode of the End Day Show. It's an honor to uh, have you back to listening every Monday at 10 a.m. PST. This episode, we are interviewing special guest, underrated mastermind, or Rashad. Welcome to the show, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, man? Thank you for having me on the show today. It's an honor to have you on as a guest on the show, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, before we start, um, Depp is not here. Because this episode is basically on a whim. He will be here next episode. Depp, uh, <laughs> his scheduling is off. But he's not gone from the show. Uh, even though he's been gone the past two episodes. Just to let you know. So, before we start, can you give like a little introduction to like people who don't know you? On the show, all these listeners, you know. Alright, alright. Uh, my name is Rashad. Also known as Rashad Z on YouTube. And also the underrated mastermind, both on Instagram on Twitter. Uh, I consider myself as a multimedia artist, do not only music, but I also do CG work, 3D modeling, and also work with game development as well. So I currently uh, go under uh, a site and brand name under Z Studios. Uh, that is a, a personal, not only portfolio, but it's also like a game development site that shows off my, now it shows off my uh, products that I basically made and also music that i uh also created mm-hmm. so you talk about being an artist uh i i heard your album it came out well, your latest new album it's called hornet right yeah yes sir it, yes it sir. came out last summer around the time when like rupture dropped it i believe yes sir so just a little bit into that because i know some people haven't heard the album you know like most albums but when i heard it um yesterday it's like you <laughs> Uh, information about this interview what kind of made you go towards that you know kind of old school to like modern more like hip-hop with you know the hi-hats and the kicks so it's like kind of jazzy sound on the album itself well when it came to the development of hornet the main goal when it came to coming up with that was learning from my previous two beat tapes that i made i mean i currently have like four beat tapes i originally made uh, I think it was called the first one I made was Life, and that was on SoundCloud. Mm. I didn't really like that too much. The second one, uh, Sanity, that one, I w- it was a lo- learning process, but it also kind of showed me, you said, like, not to rush all my beats and such. I mean, when it comes to beat making, you always kind of have to, like, find the mood when you, like, have to come up with such creative process in it. And when I looked at my archive for, like, when I made Sanity, that kind of showed me like, yeah, I feel like I kind of rushed that one. And I learned from that one to make my third beat tape, M3B, or this is a mental breakdown three. Mm-hmm. So I learned that and I used whatever I learned to build up my archives for my music archives. And what I learned from that and progressively made beats within like the whole year and see what came up with that project led into what I made for Hornet. Hornet kind of was like showing like, all right, I know what kind of lessons I learned from making M3B mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna see what can I use that I like from M3B. For example, like tracks of like she stole my Jamba juices. I like I like the bounciness to it. I like the uh kind of like I I I think it's just the bounciness to it. Kind of like had that New Orleans 
kind of trappishness to it, and I kind of transferred it over to some tracks. So, talking about that, would you say that Hornet is like the successor to like every project you made, like the like the ultimate project? Like it turns up now and your music like progress as an artist, like your ultimate project of everything combined. And just everything you currently, you said currently. Yeah, I say I'm very satisfied with how Hornet came out compared to the other three beat tapes because there's like a couple, couple, maybe even like nearly the whole album that I really liked about it. Like for example, like my intro track, uh, "Good Morning." I always have that as my alarm clock when I get up in the morning. I said like, <laughs> yeah, I always be, I always have like that. This it has like that uh good satisfactory vibe to the morning because it's like all right it's time to get up let's get this bread we're we gonna have a good day today yes sir so yes, you always sir. feed yourself creatively in terms of just like every day you wake up like even as, as an example you know waking up at your alarm clock so like you're always like into that mind like mindscape or not mindscape but like that process of thinking like you know like being creative applying it to you know game designing you said earlier or yeah, you always CG said, uh, or music you know as an art like writing so like do yeah. you apply yourself to that like every single day in terms of just like like 24 7 you know like that you're always like into that like mind or do you have like certain periods of time where like i, t- I have to go into the zone you know to like, do whatever you want to do the best answer i could probably say is yes to both answers <laughs> both answers <laughs> Uh, majority of the time, I said, like, I would usually be getting up and I said, like, all right, I got this energy pumping into me. Today is going to be a great day. This is like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to start my day up. But there'll yeah. be certain times specifically when I'm doing like game design or like when I'm making like demo tracks or something like that, that I upload to my Instagram. I always try to have to be in that mood to have like this certain mindset because there'll be certain times that I just don't feel like creating at that point because I've been looking through my sounds and so just said like, uh, nothing's hidden right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. nothing's right hidden right now. It's like, do I need to chop something up to yeah. my, get to the, get to a sound that I might want to use for later or use now and I build upon it, but it's always be an iterative process throughout the day or maybe even during the, the whole week when it comes to like me being in that specific field of energy. Mm. So it's like a case by case scenario. Yeah. So for like for me, like just like as an example, as an analogy, when I made Rupture, um, I definitely like at the latter half of making that record, I was definitely like every uh, every day I woke up, you know, I was feeling it. But I think like the very beginning of like starting the project, making some demos, I had to be in the zone. Where like I think most people who are like creative people, you know, like who do like your thing, like huge respect to you, and like that's what we like try to like push on the show, like pursue your creative passions. I think sometimes that you're just not feeling it, and like you just can't like push it too much, or you'll find yourself with mediocrity. So for exactly, me, yeah. So for me, it's kind of finding that like that zone where like where like you're kind of feeling it, and you have to like, kind of. Push yourself a little bit more. I know it just like kind of retconned, or it retconned what I just said, but I think sometimes, in certain cases, 
whether you know you're making a game like Rashad here or like music or drawing, you kind of have to push yourself in some cases to further, you know, improvement on or work commit work on like a project you have. Yeah, that's that's part. I I guess that's probably like the uh, I guess that's kind of like the self discipline when it comes to like creating creation in general. This is like you need to learn to like kind of manage or to push that creativity out of you, but not also not burn you out at the same time when you're using that creative energy you have. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like a hard thing to find because sometimes I found myself just like trying to push myself into what is it called the zone <laughs> right now the <laughs> zone <laughs> the zone or like you're really feeling whatever you're doing like writing or you know like making a game or like you know me like making music um it's definitely a self-discipline thing like you said earlier and it's just like you got it's the more you do it it sounds like you're learning like some like um like move or something like an anime but it's like (laughs) (laughs) but it's definitely learn over time it's just like do I like do this? You know, and that comes with like anything in terms of creation, you know, because obviously I want you guys to have, you know, like pursue your creative passions, even though like I there's definitely things that stop it, you know, school and work and stuff. But on this show, I just want to talk to people have that have learned like from like these like things. So like another bold point I had in my notes just like for this interview is like how did quarantine affect you because i believe you had a song on hornet the beat tape you had called quarantine right yeah um when it came to um i think when it comes in general when it came to me making the beat tape during like uh quarantine i was kind of this is like it was kind of like a in between both like motivation to like it was like a uh period of me that's like I just didn't feel like doing anything I just kind of yeah. like feel burnt out from school I even felt burnt out during school this, during this time since everything was being pushed out to like online classes and I'm still at home mm. I mean my energy is kind of like all over the place so I'm kind of like trying to figure out like that momentum in my system in a way so it was kind of like the feeling of kind of like the uneasiness kind of like the uh kind of like the fluctuation between that's part of me when uh during that time so yeah and um i definitely the beginning of quarantine for me is like i was very like iffy you know 50 50 and things because school you know everything was online you know and all your social things were kind of like gone <laughs> uh, so you kind of had like no <laughs> breaks to do anything and just like to rest your your head in terms of just like relaxing you know your friends obviously because of covid um like i said earlier so it was kind of like what do i do here because when i made again rupture it was like because i started because what happened to me rupture i like made demos and stuff trying to push myself into the zone and then i took like a break because i had like an artist block and then in april to like june i finished the album up and uh, I think it came out July. I finished it in like early July, 
like rise about to come out. So for me, the beginning of quarantine was like kind of like thinking things because I only had like two songs out at the time. I was like, what do I do on this project? And just in general, not even just like me on music, but like any like project you have, you kind of like have to think about it. Because obviously you don't want to rush things or, you know, mediocrity comes, you know, don't like it. And mm. I think quarantine myself, it definitely gave me a time to rethink things in terms of like, what do I want to do? How am I going to like treat these things? How am I going to like go go for these things in terms of like what's going on? You know, it just in the world right now, COVID, and everyone's home. So, like, even though we're in still kind of quarantine, you know, classes are going back. People, people are going back to school and stuff, and my workers and people are, like, kind of adjusting. Now, it's been, like, a year since COVID started and lockdown. But I think quarantine is still kind of a thing, so that's why I'm talking about it now. So, for you, how did you balance your time in terms of, like, I want to do that, I want to do that, and I want to do that. All from your home, you know, because of quarantine. You know, it's crazy. I still kind of have that as a problem right now <laughs> when it comes to, like, balancing out with my creative stuff because currently now I'm balancing school, balancing trying to do commissions and doing my own personal projects while also trying to do music as well. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, like, juggle all these kind of creative activities because like I like this is in general I, I like being creative I like being able to do like other things that is just not in my field but I also like to do stuff that I know that I like doing as a way other than like just doing music but also doing like the arts part the uh game development part mm-hmm. but I also could say like when it comes to me as of right now and this is kind of a learning point from like being in quarantine now, is it like, I'm going to have to find that balance. I'm going to have to find that discipline, that yeah. uh, organization part of me time to say like, all right, yeah, that is it. Time managing myself to like execute one thing that I want to do at X amount of time and such right then and there. And also another thing I kind of had to include within that time management is procrastinating procrastinating is i think kind of like <laughs> yeah hinders a lot of creativity yeah. within anybody matter of fact i don't think it's just creativity in general it's it like things like anybody. deadlines here for school or just like, <laughs> like normal things like take out the trash yeah <laughs> yeah and i think everyone's procrastinates you know especially during this time where you don't want to do anything just watch anime you know i i, I feel it i do that but I think this time, I think, like, looking years, like, in the future, I think we'll look back, you know, like, even though it's a horrible time, you know, um, um, you know, all the dark stuff aside, I think that people, some people, will learn how to, like, will have more self-discipline and just, like, how to manage your time more. I know it's really, like, vague in terms of just the whole COVID thing, you know, it's a very small thing of learning, you know, compared to everything else. But I think balancing your time is a really big thing for like, you know, creators and just people in general, obviously having schedules and stuff. Um, but as a creator, 
in terms of music, you know, podcasts, and, and, and all stuff. It's definitely you know, hard to juggle. I, for you, Rashad, it must be really difficult, you know, everything you're doing. So I commend you in all your stuff, gaming, music, you know, artist, you know, writer. Yeah, I really appreciate that. that. Yeah, it, it probably takes so much time out of your day. But I think you just got to strive for more time. You know, you got to work for more time, work to free up time to do these great passions. Because what I'm saying on the show, when I talk about pursuing your creative passions, I don't mean drop your job in terms of just like, you know, quit, you know, go do that. Um, Obviously, you know, if you do succeed, then, oh my God, this is a success story, you know? But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that you got to work hard to find, to, to find time to relax, to have fun and pursue your creative passions. I know we say that all the time on the show. But that's the thing I really want to put in people's heads as, you know, as the first season runs up and just the entire show listening to it, that pursuing your creative passions is amazing, especially in this quarantine time, you know, where everyone's stuck at home, you know, a, a lot less now. Obviously, it's March 26, 2021 while recording this. But obviously, at the end of this, I just want people to know that that pursuing your creative passions again <laughs> that it's worth it you know even if it's a small time even if you're painting you're writing you're making a game like my my friend Rashad here or making an album or song or anything you know it's worth it because you find so much self success within it you know even if people hate it you know what are you going to do about that um, the fact that you made it and the fact that you worked hard to make it, you know, obviously maybe you'll make another album, another book, another game that will just go crazy in terms of people's yes. opinions and stuff. So in general idea with balancing, juggling all these things, Rashad, what are some lessons learned, like doing all these creative passions in terms of just like, in terms of just like handling these things because obviously it's tough you know doing all these things especially in your case or just a couple things like me how what what have you learned in just this past year or just the past couple years of doing these creative passions that you're pursuing a couple there's a couple lessons that i can probably think of right now is that try to Break everything down into small pieces that you can possibly can to make it everything more digestible and more easier for you to understand. For example, like I have I have this issue when I'm making games, specifically when it comes to programming. Programming is oh my goodness. <laughs> when it comes to programming, I always that is it was most of the time I always never figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. when I do know what I'm trying to break down, I still have trouble doing it. But eventually when I break down to like smaller areas or something like that, it kind of makes it easier to like understand what am I trying to achieve when I'm trying to write, like, for example, just basic player logic, like movement or anything like that. Just break it down to like small bits and pieces to say like if the player needs to go left or something like that, program it to go left. Yeah. Needs to go right, program it to go left. I mean, I mean not left. <laughs> program it to go right. Mm. But 
it all comes down to like you just need to like kind of like practice with it and take your time trying to like see what you're trying to like get into. Mm. And I and I think a consequence of doing that if like if you're just trying to rush and try to like understand what you need to understand. And I'm and I think this is kind of like an unfortunate part of like the game industry itself. It's like it's a quick quick industry. You're gonna have to like jump the gun yeah. once you get in the industry because you gotta learn have to learn fast like everybody else do and get up to speed to whatever they else is working on. So for example, like I made this video like about a month ago called hold on. I think it was called um uh, it has to relate to uh hold on. It's the it's the Godot it's a Godot. This is a good this is a Godot and the suffering of two weeks or something around those lines. Mm. I had some major pushback on that video because I was using that game engine for two weeks and I was basically telling about my frustrations and issues when it comes to me being a programmer, not a programmer, but more or less an artist using another software called Unity. Mm. And when I moved to like that software called Godot, and it's a lot more lightweight to do, you're able to use more, well, not use more graphics, but it's a lot more lightweight when it comes to doing dealing with graphics as such. But I had some issues when it comes to their inbuilt programming system and how they deal with like handling models, textures, all that, um, extra stuff that would usually be coming into game engines. And I kind of got some pushback from that saying like, hey man, this is you doing X, Y, and Z wrong and you kind of blaming it in a way. Mm. So I'm kind of so saying like, maybe this video was kind of like a, a learning experience to say like, maybe I need to go back and see what I did wrong or something like that. This is like, always take your time and break things down to see what am I doing wrong and what you need to like mm-hmm. see how you can handle certain things. So building off that, not even just the game analogy, you know, the example you used, but it's just find those small steps because for me, when I was building this podcast, um, I really, I'm, I'm a person that does everything at like short turners. Like right now I figure out all the details, but once I like, I still kind of do that sometimes, but I figured out to like kind of go slower, you know, and figure out the small step, go small steps at a time. Because if you rush everything, because everything's going to go off, everything's going to go broken, and it's going to happen with the show. The show got really delayed and stuff. But if you go small steps at a time, the more progress you have in the long run, because you have everything figured out and stuff. And not even just like a podcast like this or a video, just like maybe like we'll take it like um, music, an album. It, do small steps at a time at your own pace. At the end, you'll be more satisfied because you figured you did everything. Do not. My only okay. My problem now <laughs> is that social media always pushes stuff. You know, as a like as a joke, yes. obviously I'm like, where's the album? You know, these artists. <laughs> but, but you know, obviously we all we all, we all want the album for your favorite artist. You know, as a joke. But um, you do feel that you know, like that tension sometimes. Like, shit, I haven't dropped this album. I haven't dropped an album in so long. Like, what do I do? But mm-hmm. to anyone out there, 
doing something, you know, that takes a lot of time, like an album, a novel, a game, you know, even a painting, please go step by step and go at your own pace. Because in the end, if it's rushed, it's going to be mediocrity. No one's going to enjoy it as much as if you put all the time, you know, and put your own pace into it, you know. I, I, found, I saw a really good Kenny Beats tweet. Um, let me pull it up for a second. But it was talking about how, like, all these artists, you know, they worked at their own pace. Um, in terms of just, like, I found it. In terms of just, like, doing their projects. Um, I found the tweet right here. He said, I know you heard me say it before, but Jay-Z got turned down from every major label at 27 for being too old. Mark Cuban had $0 at 28 years old. Bill Withers dropped his first album in his 40s. Don't let social oh, yeah, media rush you. That. Be a legend at your own pace. And I love that tweet. I have that I, I have that tweet bookmarked to remind me every single day when I'm making a project, a song, that I have to go on my own pace. Because social media definitely rushes things in terms of like, where's the album? Where's the yada, yada, yada. And so, obviously, I really appreciate the support in terms of me. But I had to f- slow down, you know, and go like baby steps in terms of just like, doing this project one by one by one you know yeah mm-hmm. and that also kind of showed it said like that, that with that um with that quote that you just said that kind of shows you kind of like the duality of like social media and how like it impacts people when it comes to their work process because mm-hmm. nowadays folks want quantity over quality and some folks kind of like want both at the same time but at the same but if you want that latter option you're gonna have to like wait for that artist to come up with that good quality for example like j cole kendrick Kendrick, drake specifically kendrick like he hasn't (laughs) released the album since damn i'm like four years ago man (laughs) it sucks you know like i I love it for for, uh his album to drop any kind of albums for him to drop but when it comes to his um process when his stuff he is a he's a he is a very creative person and when it comes to like his music in general you got to give him his space and you're gonna have to give him some time maybe six maybe five years just for him to uh come up with an album but i'm just gonna let you know whatever he comes out kung fu kenny knows he is gonna be producing some good albums. Mm. He is gonna be producing some good albums. <laughs> yeah, in terms like I see that like every single day. Where's the Kanye album? Where's the Kendrick album? You know, it's definitely funny, and we all want the album. I I see why. You know, it's your favorite artist. You want more music from them. But as an artist, I've learned that you know it's tough making an album. You know, in certain it is time. Tough. You know, and eventually when you rush things, um, you just find yourself in a creative block. And back to, like, balancing your time. Not balancing your time, but, like, taking baby steps earlier, which you talked about. Please, again, go at your own pace. Because you're going to find that it's stressful to work and rush yourself. Obviously, some people are just, you know push out a lot of things really fast because that's how they work you know they're fast creators you know like juice world he had so many songs in that short amount of time like a year or two mm. you know or i can take an example like no hate it's like just one piece he dropped so much such a talented artist you know that's how he works you know 
Mm. Definitely a lot of songs at a time. He's such a creative guy, you know, just like dropping all this stuff. Uzi, said Uzi and uh, Cardi does a similar process too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's just finding your own pace in terms of just like music or creative passion, which we strive for on the show, which is, you know, to balance yourself as a creator in terms of finding your own pace and just having fun because you have no fun while, you know, rushing things, obviously. Um, You'll never find fun in it. You know, maybe you'll find fun like, my new album's out, let's go. But in the end... um. You just won't have as much satisfaction as you will if, you know, you do at your own pace, you know, and you go slow or fast, depending on you. So, back to the gaming stuff. Obviously, you're a game designer and a CG artist. You make your own games, you know. Example, Food Raiders Mini. I saw on your itch, itch the aisle. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. You know, very impressive, my my boy. And that was so cool because I have a lot of friends that are game designers, and it's super cool, you know, watch them like work and see their game come to life. And so, yeah. in terms of food raiders and just being a game designer, you have the studio, what Z Studios, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, how did? What's the backstory of you becoming a game designer? Man, when it comes to being a game designer, um. Uh... This was kind of like a lifelong dream that I wanted to do when I was like on when I was like a kid. All this is like for me personally, what kind of made me wanted to get into game design was when I was playing like games like Need for Speed Underground 2 and Need for Speed Carbon on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I was this is like I don't know because I had a factuation with with cars when I was little. <laughs> I really liked cars growing up. I used to like read the newspaper and say like with the like the dealerships and say like oh there's a Toyota in there oh there's a Ford <laughs> Mustang in there and I was like and I was kind of like had like the uh bridge between both video games and car is a car culture and I was like you know what this is something I would like to see when I when I grow up this is like how do they get like the cars in the game what kind of like environments do uh what kind of goes into the environments when it comes to like uh all the graphics and such that's kind of like calling to the artist in me now but when i look at now when i came to like projects i do now in my cg art that also comes down to my love of retro gaming now because mm-hmm. now because nowadays with like the ps5 and the series x and s coming out well, they already out, my bad. <laughs> but with them being out, and they kind of don't have no games, and I was kind of, like, falling out when it came to, like, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, that kind of told me to, like, uh, let me see what our gaming ancestors had yeah. back in the day and see, like, what, we, <laughs> what I could, like, play over there. And I'm saying, like, I'm having a grandiose time playing, like, games like Death Jam Fight for New York. I'm playing Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2 right now. I'm playing like Pokemon XD uh, <laughs> on uh, Dolphin. I'm like, man, I don't know. It's just that fun factor that I had when, when I was a kid yeah. was kind of like preserved. But nowadays, everything's kind of more going for more like a blockbuster, AAA movie-esque type of games now. I mean, that's cool and all. That's cool and all, but looking at to how like my brain functions and I kind of like take things in kind of like fast bits in a way, 
and everything's kind of more like theatrical with motion capturing and more heavy dialogue scenes. I give I give developers credit for that because that is very hard to pull off when it comes to like getting the schedule right, getting the uh, motion capture suits right, getting the actors well and fed and able to uh, perform the movements that they have to do on set so they can later be put in the software so they can be shown on the big screen once everybody get, gets the game for at least about 60 to 70 dollars on whatever platform they got mm-hmm. but at the same time i'd rather just be sitting at home watching all these cutscenes like on youtube or something like that <laughs> i mean it kind of be, it kind of beats the purpose of that me playing the game it's like sure the gameplay kind of complements the story narrative of it but at the same time, I don't want the narrative be like a super duper focal point of it, unless I personally want it to be like that. That's why I kind of like arcade style games like Street Fighter, mm-hmm. KOF. Or like the gameplay comes first. Yes, because mm-hmm. if the like the gameplay comes first or something like that, or it's like coming at me like in short bits or something like that, it's easy for me to digest and I'm able to come back a lot more. Yeah. So would you say like that, you know, playing old games in that experience, you know, learning about that and just experiencing that in terms of just playing old games like Street Fighter and stuff, like arcade games, would you say that went to making your own game like Food Raiders, like Food Raiders Mini? That I, yeah, that actually did kind of spark my interest in getting something like that. But it also, this is kind of like a, also another, another story within that. Because that was kind of like when Food Raiders came out, the first version of Food Raiders before Mini came out, that was my first ever project using Unity and publishing it out. Mm-hmm. I've been struggling for like almost a decade trying to get a project coming out with Unity. And I've been all over the place with making like games like The Quest for the Golden Potato. I use RPG Maker on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made another game on uh, IndieDB.com called The Simple Collection. I used Game Maker for that. It was kind of like in the, like small bursts. And I always, since some point when I was making those, going back to Unity, trying to see when I was going, trying to uh, see what I was going to go with that. And then when Food Raiders came out, when I finished finally making Food Raiders, I said like, yep, I feel accomplished in a way, even though the game is somewhat broken in some pieces which I later fixed in Food Raiders Mini, I'm very satisfied of how I went about my process and how did I manage to learn from making that game in particular. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of Food Raiders, um, I believe the quest of the Golden Potato, right? Was that your first game? Yes. Was that your first game? Uh, uh, The first game I published was... The first game I published was um, the Simple Collection, and then the bigger one that I made was uh, the Quest for the Golden Potato. Okay, so what was like your first experience playing like your finished game? Because like me hearing Rupture for like the first time, like finished, fully mixed, and everything, like it was a surreal experience because I like everything. I put like all my blood, sweat, and tears, blood, sweat, and tears into this album you know it's definitely a surreal experience so just like taking to another creative project how did it feel you know playing your first like finished like done game 
Man, uh, when it came to uh, me finishing the quest of the golden potato, I did feel like that sense of accomplishment when I did finish making it mm. after like testing certain seeds to see like did it had any bugs or anything like that. And I'm glad that most of the bugs are out. I don't know if there are any new ones that came about. But from when I played for like the couple of times I did play it when I first was making it, I did feel that sense of accomplishment once I finished everything and I pressed that publish button on both NDDB and itch.io. I was kind of ecstatic. Just like, mm -hmm. hey man, this, the, the game like, is out. Like shit, I did it, it, you know. Yeah, I've been. I, the game is out. I've been promoting it for like the past couple of months, and you guys can play it now. So, and give me feedback, which you know, <laughs> when you have the time yeah. to. So, mm -hmm. like for me, a rupture. Like I was so ecstatic. You know, releasing the album at not like it was like eight fifty, eight fifty seven, eight fifty eight, nine. I was like jumping in the mm -hmm. air, like I just go, oh, I did it, I dropped my <laughs> album, you know. So I kill, I I can definitely relate to you on like that, you know, just finishing your game, like shit, let's finally, I did it. It's just so satisfying, you know. Um, seeing your work of art up, you know, even just like before I it, my album was done on like platforms, um, just hearing it for like the finished product. You know, before I was gone, or up, before I was up, not gone, it was like, wow, let's go. <laughs> so, experiencing that, um, how did you feel on your second project, Food Raiders? Did you feel the same thing? Did you learn felt... something? Obviously, you learned something, but, like, what was that? Did you learn something in terms of finishing food raiders from the quest of the golden potato? Um, when it came to me finishing food raiders, I feel like that there was like this different type of satisfaction between food food uh, raiders and the quest of the golden potato because I had a little bit more experience with RPG Maker compared to Unity because the only thing that was kind of like dragging me down when it came to Unity was programming. Programming, like like I said earlier, programming is still kind of like a struggle to me, but I also kind of understand it at the same time. But when it came to like me finishing Food Raiders, getting the basic logic down for the player, the character to like uh, be able to uh, take down enemy rats and such, I said like, you know what? I'm glad that I managed to get it out. I'm glad that I managed to get this project out the best mm -hmm. way that I can. And I'm able to uh, see... Later down the line, I had to make like a uh, update patch for it because I know like the menu wasn't e either wasn't the menu wasn't working or the character or there was like some kind of bug that uh the player just to get to the next stage. Yeah. That's an, that's one of the things that uh kind of hindered me from like giving it like a big dub in a <laughs> kind of way, yeah. which kind of like was which kind of moved into like Food Raiders Mini, which kind of like me redoing food raiders food raiders one but kind of making it a little bit more streamlined and a lot more easier for me with that experience to make and i say like you know what this is the best version that i have for food raiders and such mm -hmm. and you know what's even crazier so uh 
my plan when I finished Food Raiders, I was actually supposed to put it on Xbox. Really? That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had this is like there was like this program. And there is still this program. This is called the Xbox. Um what, what what's this called? This is like this this like this dev program. This uh this is like this developer program that Xbox has Xbox and Windows has. And it allows you to spend at least 20 bucks, 19 to 20 bucks to allow you to have like the development part of the Xbox. Like you can have like wow. a retail Xbox and access dev mode on there. That's cool. And there's like this one, and then there's this one section in the uh Xbox store that allows you to say, like, oh, oh wait, it's called the Creators Collection. There we go. That's the name I was thinking about. There's like this tab in the Xbox store called the Creators Collection. And I was saying, like, yeah, this is the place I gotta go to like at least get some feedback or some notoriety on my game that I made or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to get that game up and running, getting the Xbox Live servers and such up, mm-hmm. and then doing some bug fixes. And then right when I felt like setting the publish button and such and trying to get it working with the Microsoft Store, I was starting experiencing problems with uh, connectivity with yeah. Xbox Live and such. And even made it more worse when the Series X and S was being revealed and they was giving news out the same like they updating the Microsoft store to the current one that they have now on the Xbox they removed that tab entirely so what? that's going to be that sucks they removed that tab entirely so i was like man that kind of like killed that kind of killed the dream of me like putting it on Xbox cuz that's, that's going to like yeah that kind of that hurts um you ability for people to like to like see your game specifically yeah. dedicated to that tab. So I was like, you know what? I might as well not publish it then. Yeah, that sounds super unlucky. That, that sucks. You know, seeing like obviously most people can't relate to this, but like like an analogy to it is like is like re- releasing like your creative project and then boom, you just can't. They won't let you. You know. That's that's mm-hmm. really tough. Like, I, I've never experienced that in my terms of just like, in my experience, making a song, or releasing an album or a project. But that really sucks, you know. Like seeing all of that go boom. But I hope you bounce back. You know, it's gonna be great to see Food Raiders. You know, on Xbox Live. You know, on PlayStation, on Steam, etc. You know, that's gonna be really cool. Or your next project and stuff. On those major yeah. platforms. So my last question, it's you know, kind of back to music. Um, your name is DJ Shod. On <laughs> 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 Spotify, <laughs> iTunes and stuff. So <laughs> what are you kind of like your influences as an artist, you know, towards that, you know, hip hop, jazzy sound? What kind of like inspires you to make that sound? Because for me, for Rupture, my main my main Inspiration was Daft Punk, The Weeknd, you know, Rich Brian, you know, Joji. Those kind of artists, you know, kind of influenced me to make the sound I had on Rupture. And the hu- still huge inspirations for me in making music. So for you, what are kind of your inspirations for making music? For me, uh, most of it's like, if I can say like from the timeline between like 
life insanity. I could say like it's more like the experimental era. So I was more or less trying to figure out what did I want to do mm-hmm. and such. But now from like currently now, since I kind of like got myself a little bit more better taste and like what I kind of like when it comes to like producing and what it's kind of like I kind of enjoy making like like boom bap type beats and kind of like similar to like how like Ninth Wonder and then Jubez. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I was like, I'm trying to see like Ninth Wonder and then Jubis, uh, Knowledge, uh, and even kind of like more like less kind of like funkishness to it to like G funk in a way mm. with like sim- something a little bit more organic in a way, similar to like how like the Neptunes with like Pharrell and Chad Wong with their type of music, yeah. So kind of like finding like amalgamation of those two because it's like. Because a common thing that is in those two is that, like, there's always the electronic part to it, and there's always, like, a sample being chopped, whether it's from, a, whether it's from, like, an audio CD or something like that, or it's from, like, a copyrighted sample. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's always be, like, that certain parts in that song that you know you like, and it's like, huh. Let, hey, what if I chop that up? Let yeah. me go flip that, and let me <laughs> yeah. see if I can, like... Yeah, let me go chop that up and let me flip it and see how it turns out. And that's where the, I think that's a heavy inspiration for me putting out demos publicly on like, in, specifically on Instagram. Like I like have like a boatload of demo, well, not a boatload, but I have like short clips, like one minute clips of like uh beats I make or something like that with either from like, pad sounds I find from like this 90 CD archive I found or from like some jazz or 60s, 70s, maybe 80s tracks that I did like and said like, you know what, let me chop some parts up and use it to my advantage to see like how it comes out. And a couple of them, like the one I use for like Sonic Jam, I really like that one. I'm still listening to that one. I said like, you know what, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. And also, because I, I think it was um an inspiration when it came to me making that demo specifically is because I saw uh this is I think he's like uh he go by uh the producer Modern Remark. I say like oh, that's dope. I always like Sonic Jam's music, and I said like I like how we uh turned his version of this how we uh flipped his version. So I said like all right, let me listen, let me do my interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. So I use the, the same sample you use, and I kind of chopped it up in my way. So I was say like, you know what? That's pretty cold right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Even though it's, it, behind the scenes, you guys don't know, but it went a lot of trouble. But thank you so much for your time. Um, make sure to check out um, Rashad, our underrated mastermind on Spotify as DJ Shad on his latest record, Beat Tape Hornet, um, or on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash DJ Shad305, or on Twitter, underrated mastermind. Make sure to follow him and stuff. Thank you so much, Rashad, for being on the podcast and the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been a pleasure interviewing you, my friend. Thank you so much. Hope everyone has a good day, and we'll see you all next week, 10 a.m. PST. Have a good day.